0: Catherine. the new translation page 573
1: and if you don't have the o- new translation it's page four one five in the, in the when God's servant advocated him alone almost all of them banded together to oppose him say I worship only my lord I never set up any idols besides him say I possess no power to harm you nor to guide you. Say, no one can protect me from God, nor can I find any other refuge beside him. I am here to deliver proclamations from God as well as his messages. Those who disobey God and his messenger incur the fire of hell, wherein they abide forever. Once they see what is awaiting them, they will find out who is really weaker in power and fewer in number. Say, I do not know if what is promised to you will happen soon or if my Lord will delay it for a while. He is the knower of the future. He does not reveal the future to anyone. Only to a messenger that he chooses does he reveal from the past and from the future specific news. This is to ascertain that they have delivered their Lord's messages. He is fully aware of what they have. He has counted the numbers of all things. Verse 19. When God's servant abdicated him alone, almost all of them banded together to oppose him. All of God's servants had said the same thing and say the same thing. Worship God alone. They never asked that people worship them, follow them, do as they do, act as they do, speak as they do. They only say, worship God alone. No other idols beside him. Why people become uncomfortable with the message is, we know the reason, but it's still a puzzle when we run into people who seem uncomfortable with that statement. We all have family and, and old friends and, and colleagues who are surprised by us when we state that message and state that that's what we believe. There are verses in the Quran, and one in particular, which says that when God alone is advocated the hearts of Either shrink in aversion. And you can watch that happen. It's as though people shrink. Um, They become (coughs) smaller almost in, in a very real sense. And it's their ego that gets in the way. It's fear. Something so simple as God alone is so frightening to so many people who believe that they have to have control and they have to understand and they have to know and they have to be the one who calls the shots. In addition to that, if someone like themselves is saying this message, it's an excuse and an easy way to avoid the message for many people.
2: Again, the ego
1: takes over and will say, why this person? I'm no different than this person. Or that person is, is no better than me. I don't have to listen to them. And so the message is rejected. Um, we're fortunate enough, and I mean very fortunate um, speaking for myself, I have no idea why I was chosen to be here in Tucson. I know how I came. I can relate that story to you. But there are many of us who have the same story to tell. Uh, I don't know why. I am very fortunate to be here. Where this perpetual miracle continues to unravel before our eyes. Um, Rashad took us he said the other day that uh, he didn't, God has thickened our skin over the last 10 years and it's we don't faint or lose consciousness every time something like this incredible uh, numbers on the wall or the things that Abdullah explained today or explained to us. We just sit here and we nod our heads and, and some of us get teary, but we stay conscious and we say, oh, this is just more of the same. And I went home my own self today saying... It seems that no matter what we do with the numbers, there's always going to be a multiple of 19, and that the complexity of this code is so great that it can never be understood by us. And that's why it's given in, in piece after piece after piece. And so many of us, how fortunate, are able to be part of, of discovering another part of the prism of this code. The message is worship God alone. It's so loud at this point. That it's almost hard to pay attention to those people who don't want to listen to the most elementary statement of worshiping God alone the servants of God carry the message I worship only my Lord I never set up any idols beside him they also always say I am a human being like you do not worship me and they point out their humanness. I possess no power to harm you nor to guide you. No one can protect me from God, nor can I find any other refuge besides them. I am a human like you. I make no superhuman claims. I have no magic. Because, however, the servants of God have been given special information and special proof, they're more vulnerable, and their responsibility is even greater than for those of us who have not had that opportunity or have not been chosen and also the servants of God and Rashad is a wonderful example but so are the others in in the Quran are also less vulnerable because God protects these people Um, and we've seen that all the way through the Quran, Moses, Jesus all of them, Elias, Jonah they've all been protected by God as long as they carried the one message and never claimed to be anything more than a messenger so the humanness is constantly before people and still they shrink and still they say to the message messenger whether it was noah moses rashad or me or you uh-uh who are you you're a human being you don't bring anything special and, and i don't see any miracle well it's a sorting process that god has and it's always in place and the pattern never changes Verse 23, I'm here to deliver proclamations from God as well as his messages. Those who disobey God and his messenger incur the fire of hell wherein they abide forever. The only unforgivable sin is idol worship. The only. (coughs) God is so clear that we have so many chances. As long as we live, we have chances to repent and to come back to God and get on God's path. If we worship anything other than God, anyone other than God, God never will forgive this. This verse is not a threat by a human being, by a messenger. This is from God Almighty saying all the way through the Quran, whether it is a quote out of a messenger's mouth in a verse or whether it is a description in the narrative. Hell is where the idol worshiper will go once they see what is awaiting them they will find out who's really weaker in power and fewer in number it's too late it's once you see it it's too late if an angel was sent down with all of this wonderful stuff that we don't lose consciousness over every week um we wouldn't have needed any of it it's too late once you know Shad was talking about the fact the other day that know at the time of their death where they're going and it's too late for people to say let me go back let me have a second chance i understand now what i'm supposed to do no because god knows that once we're put back here we'll to the same thing with the same forgetful mind that we came here with in the first place and the phrase who is really weaker in power and fewer in number we know that it is the minority of the minority of the minority, I mean, it's as long into <coughs> tunnel into the view that will make it into heaven as it is into this code itself. It seems to be a mirror image. Those few people that do make it, even to purgatory, I mean, that's, if you're hanging on by your toenails in purgatory, you've made it. Those few people are really the stronger and really the mightier in number, no matter how else it appears when you count in the real world twenty five, I do not know if what is promised to you will happen soon or my Lord will delay it for a while. He's the knower of the future, he does not reveal the future to anyone. Again, pointing to the fact that all messengers are human beings. They are not God. Only God knows the past, the future. We read history books and think that we have history. We think we understand what happened. And I I'm willing to bet anything almost that in the hereafter when we discover what history really was in that whatever particular era that we think we know so much about all the little details that we didn't have access to it's going to be vastly different and and much the same at the same time i have when i was reading this over this past week um i wrote that the human being does not have any idea what he wants the human being doesn't know the future jesus know the future. Jesus doesn't know this is happening now. We know more than Noah, Jesus, Moses, and all of those that have gone before us. Sitting in this room, we know more. We have all the pieces, I think, unless next week there's more numbers. I mean, we have so much more. How much greater is our responsibility and how much more blessed not to have to search? I mean, this is irrefutable proof touchable, examinable, verifiable. We have all the miracles that have gone before, those that came after Noah, we know about Noah doesn't. We know about those that came after Moses, no, Moses doesn't. The human being doesn't know what he thinks he knows. What he he makes up for his own security is made up, and to predict the future is foolish. It's absolutely foolish. Only to the messenger that he chooses does he reveal from the past and the future specific news. Other examples, uh, besides Rashad's own experiences, uh, Joseph knew about the future. It was revealed to him that his father and mother and brothers would bow down to him later in life. And he knew that, even after his experience in the well and, and in prison, Moses' mother was given information about him being saved and what would become of him. Those are tests, those are provisions for God's very special messengers. They remove the doubts of those chosen by God who are going to be delivering the message and facing incredible odds and provide for insight for the believers when when they are doubting themselves and they have this information put at their disposal. When Joseph announced to the people I knew this was going to happen. You were going to be here. You were going to be bowing down before me. There had to be more than just, oh, thank God, he's not going to kill us in their minds. These people had to have understood that God chose Joseph and that this was all part of a plan and there was a reason for it. God tells us in 28, the reason he gives specific news and specific information is to ascertain, to make sure that the messengers have delivered their Lord's messengers, that they've done it correctly. He's fully aware of what he has given them to deliver. And he has counted the numbers of all things. It's already done. Counted the numbers of all things always makes me think of the khutbah of the that Abdullah gave when he was talking about the trees and the leaves and the numbers of the leaves on the trees. And he got, at least for me, I got very involved in counting the leaves of the one tree that he was describing. And when he got all done with that, it took him a very long time he moved on to just one other tree it was awesome at that point to, to even contemplate counting those never mind all of the words that we speak the things we see with our ears see with our eyes excuse me. <laughs> uh, and those things are all designed ahead of time we think which we, we are choosing the words we're saying we're not it's part of the design for our life <coughs> tests and provisions for all of us the messenger has the greatest responsibility of all of us, due to the large quantity of proof provided to him, for and that can be awesome and frightening, unless, of course, the messenger knows that he's fully supported by Allah alone. In which case, this is the thrill of a lifetime. I, if I, I can't imagine what that must be, must be like. Um. I wanted to share with you, before I stopped in this section, uh, talking about messengers and God's servants. I overheard someone say, and trying to make a joke recently, that their favorite saying was that God so loved the world, he sent his only son, he didn't send a committee. And I remember, as I walked by, I remember just kind of shuddering, thinking, oh, yes, he did send a committee, a large committee of messengers. Many more to come, more that aren't even in this, in this divine book. And I thought I would share that with you because there are many people who think that that there's no committee out here. There's so there's such a large the committee of angels alone is amazing, and they're part of what brings us our message. Are there any comments, questions? Um, I hope. Mm-hmm. pages are from the new translation. Um, not all of us have them. There weren't enough copies to go around. This is The book that you're using is, is the most recent. This one is going to be published very soon, and it's going to be the first time that the correct Quran has been in human hands in 1,400 years. So we're opting to use the, the few pages until the book comes out. You might want to share with someone. No, absolutely not. It says the same thing as worship God will.
0: Here. <laughs> why why no, are we you here? Why are we here? Who wants to know why we
3: are here? <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> are
0: you smart because it's your first day We're just like that? <laughs> 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 nice, <sir. laughs> we are here mainly because you committed a crime when we were in the heavenly society, we, we sided with uh, Satan Satan wants to be a god besides God and uh, we did not uh, oppose that we did, make, we did not make a good firm stand with God, absolute authority that's why we are here to redeem ourselves and to change our body and denounce that stand by, by going back to opposing God's absolute authority by knowing that nobody has any power to do anything except God which is God's absolute authority people who think that Muhammad or Jesus or Mary or the saints can do anything are in the same trap, they're committing the same crime and they will go on uh, all the way to hell they can be redeemed only if they change that and, and uh, worship God alone like the new this means, worship God alone means knowing that God only has power to do anything. You must know that God is the one who hires and fires. God is the only one who decides how many dollars are in your pocket. You must know that. You think that uh, your boss is the one who hires you or may fire you, provides for you, then you're doing the same thing. So this is what we're here for. Uh, I want to go to uh, the verse that says uh, once they see what that's 24 once they see what is awaiting them they will find out who is really weaker in power and fewer in number number. because out of all of Tucson, half a million people only about 50 people come here to this mosque to worship God alone so in this city, we appear to be 50 among half a million people there may be fifty more out there who worship God alone under the name of Christianity or Judaism or nothing but but they do believe that God alone possesses all power so that's a hundred out of half a million this appears to be a minority but you see you're walking around with your, with your body that is visible they say this is Kathy Robinson but they don't see what what she really looks like, what size she is we learn from verse, <coughs> uh, Sura 17 that the differences in the hereafter are far greater than here so the difference between Bhima and Gatud is four feet but in the hereafter the differences are far more greater Surah 17 so your real size is as big as the city of for example. If you're walking around, you see this side. Their size, the people who are not worshiping God alone, they actually shrink, the sword actually shrinks to the size of a cat. So there are a hundred people whose size is as big as the city of Phoenix, each one of them, and half a million sized ants. Who is really weaker? Who is really weaker in, uh, in power and fewer in number? One man and a million ants. Which one is really stronger? Where is the majority? Is it the one the one person or the million ants? When you walk out the mosque, here, you can see one million ants sometimes. Did you see them today? Yes. <laughs> so where is the majority? This is what this means, because once they see what is awaiting them. Because right now they cannot see, we do not see our ourselves. We only see our bodies. Death. becomes obvious. You're walking around, you're a hidden queen. You're walking around. People don't know what uh, what your size is, what uh, what you really who you, you really are. Which is a lot of fun because you don't need secret service or, or, or guards or anything. You can walk in the market and, and uh, buy your apples and uh, meat, eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have secret secret service. That's the best
2: secret to (laughs) this. You don't have secret secret to the praise, spirit and number also apply to the fact that in the day of judgment, all of these people who think that they have powerful members are going to realize that the entire creation is submits to God. Every atom, all of the angels, everything is submission to God. And they're going to realize how outnumbered they are. And they see the atoms, and they see, and they won't be able to even perceive the magnitude.
0: Yeah. also also in terms of, because they think in terms of believers and unbelievers and who, how many unbelievers there are and how many believers there are they, they count numbers, but even in those terms when you have a huge entity and a small entity the huge entity is the majority the one person and one million ants to me, the one person is a majority, the majority.
4: Mentioned the Quran, magic. I think, yeah, maybe of uh, them. Uh, how would you get that? don't not speculate. <laughs> there are some angels.
0: Is concerned only one angel and his name is Mary. Now, Paulo is where? am the one Surah 67. No, 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 has no. this is still a mysterious you know. God hasn't revealed yet exactly the details of uh, how many how, what is the system because oh, now, are these angels outside of head? inside, the one who is taken care of the head is, is manic or what? say, O Malik, let the Lord finish us off. you're right, nobody knows what the number is but that's not, this is a general statement also at the beginning it says وَمَجْعَنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْنَارِ إِلَّا مَلَائِكَ وَمَادِ what is Ashab Al-Nar, Malaika, Angels, who are Ashab Al-Nar? Ashab Al-Nar, the uh, companions of Hell, the gods of Hell, the owners of Hell, friends of Hell we, we don't know what the expression is, it's still mysterious because there is a there is, uh, typing for everything and obviously, God doesn't want us at this time to know exactly what uh, the arrangement is
4: in 19 angels
0: of hell and also use their number as a miracle for us, That's possible, but that's not what the Quran says. No, but, the, but you but see, you have to. We know now. See those numbers in the Qur'an, We know that every letter in the Qur'an is accurately placed. Now it does not say that the guards of hell are nineteen. Give the general statement. But
4: the, the number that is aligned.
0: The number that is on it.
4: Yes on... 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 on, on uh, what? on uh, Sakar. Right. Sakar is a punishment. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes.
0: Is it hell? You don't know, is it could be here? But,
4: Ashab and
0: naj it's like... The next verse. The person. next verse, it uh, explains it will be hell now. No, it doesn't, there's no connection at all. It gives us a certain statement, he said, we made the description has Ashab and Mar, the companions of him, angels. So it's a general statement. it does not say the 19 angels, it does not say that. because Alayhim Tish'at Ha'ashim, they say you own the 19, it doesn't say 19 what?
4: The number of the soldiers, soldiers
0: Well, maybe God wants you to believe that there are 19 gods the at this time, which is very good, right? this is what, Obviously, it's not relevant to proof. proof. this is a Hadith that says when you die two angels will ask you who was your God and who was your prophet and what did you do and then they, uh, they beat you so you go to the seventh earth then a big snake will swallow you <coughs> it's a Hadith yes in the grave and they have all kinds of stories and then uh, any questions? Other questions. We raised them, I don't know. Yes. can you translation is counted the numbers of all things. Everything is based on method. Surah 27, uh, 72 uh, that gives us a lot more proof that uh, this Surah specifically for Massachusetts for our
4: age understood this way, but uh, the continuation to England, he has to be being here today, he, he is single, he has to being here <coughs> yes. yes. But both are correct. Both constellations are correct. That's what correct.
0: Speak, Speaking of numbers, I just want to pass on a, a thought to you, because we think that we're in the, on the advanced earth and everything, and how the world is so techni- technologically and everything, but uh, up until now, only uh, less than 7% of the people have come to this world, from Adam until now. From now to the end of the world, there's still more than 93% of the the people. So, we are, the Earth is still an infant, and we are among the early generations. To the people, uh, 200 years from now, we're going to be in the cave age cave people, so uh, just think about (laughs) the message. We are very early in human history. The message is being consolidated and and will be delivered to the vast majority of the people. All this past and the nonsense that happened in Christianity, the Trinity and Jesus, Son of God and all this nonsense, and the things that happened in Judaism, Rabbi Kushner and what he said, the nonsense that's happening in Islam, all these things are are happening within a very brief period of time, uh, relatively, and involves a very small number of people. But the new generations are enlightened, they are rebellious, they don't listen to their parents, they're free to think, and they will get the the dimension supported by physical evidence, as you see, and Satan will be really defeated. Satan is destined to be defeated. So, this message with the physical proof that you see on the wall over there, on the wall you see every single verse in the Qur'an, physical evidence, and this will be presented to more than 93% of the people in the world. Think about that. Because a lot of people say, you know, they think all this nonsense involves a lot of people. I had a point in the Gospel that uh, when Jesus was asked, when is the end of the world? He said, I don't know. And I quote this in one of the brochures. And when Muhammad was asked, is also in the Quran, when is the end of the world? He said, I don't know. But God wanted us to know this generation. So I will have an appendix. Uh, appendix, uh, what? The end of the world. Appendix. One of the appendices is entitled, to the End of the World. It gives in it the evidence. When the world will end. We know that the world will end in 2280. And with uh, the mathematical code. And this is one of the things that uh, God gave us, did give to the previous generations. But, Say I do not know if what is promised to you will happen soon or if my Lord will delay it from mine This is to tell the disbelievers that you're going to be punished. I don't know when. It's for the disbelievers. No, no, no. It's going to be here. This, this world,
4: is for here. This made to Muhammad.
0: Say, I don't know. Nothing in this source.
4: That
0: person who addressed by this verse will not know that by the end of the world. It's nothing to do with the end of the world. It has to do with here. It has to do with this word. There is, there is nothing in this surah that uh, applies to Muhammad. If you uh, if you look at the footnote here, you add the grammatical value of Rashad plus the grammatical value of Khalifa plus the surah number plus the verses 28 of them. We have a multiple of 19 and also this surah has the maximum number of Russia four of them and uh, this is not my personal opinion if this is my personal opinion I'd be wrong but it's not my personal opinion
4: so why do you say
0: this is Muhammad? you're the one who discovered that <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. See, only to a messenger that he chooses in Arabic, it's Illa Manu Tala Rasul. If you calculate the geometric value of this phrase, it's 1919. And Hadiq Yibsir is the discovered that. And uh, there is a whole bunch of uh, mathematical proof that is... Uh, I'm afraid to be embarrassed because uh, I'm afraid to be embarrassed. I've been through an experience with I can't afford to be embarrassed, or ashamed, or shy, or modest it's not modesty if you're a civil engineer to say I'm a civil engineer it is not uh, arrogant when you're stating the truth but this whole surah, nothing in it It has anything to do with the Prophet Muhammad there are many other places but not this surah the mathematical evidence is overwhelming you see it in the appendices and footnotes a new translation.
2: And when I'm telling, when I tell you this, I'm either
0: a very, very bad person, or I'm really the messenger of God. Because nobody will fabricate lies against God, attribute them to God in this flagrant manner unless he's really, really a disbeliever who doesn't think he will face God one day in the day of judgment. So uh, take your pick there are only two extremes here either a very bad person who claim to be receiving information from God or, or a true message of God and we can judge by uh, our circumstances so that gave us the uh, mind to distinguish are there any questions on this uh, that are not so embarrassing? <laughs> it requisite that the person knows what the Mathematical Code is the person who doesn't know the code will not understand anything It will be like a person who was born a hundred years ago so the Mathematical Code is a requirement
2: to
0: understand a lot of things no, it doesn't tell Muhammad, lots, lots of codes are not for Muhammad lots of codes are for you from Muhammad, it's for you. It's not from Muhammad, In fact, the vast majority of Qur is not from Muhammad. A lot of Qurans in the Quran are for the Quran itself. Proflaim. Say if you love God, follow me. God will love you. This is the Quran you follow the Quran, then God will love you
2: you love God, you follow the word of God, not the words of Him.
0: So, uh, uh, I don't know uh, where you get the impression that Qul is always from Muhammad, because it is not. And very clearly so, the majority of Qul's meaning Say, What means Say. The majority of Qul's in the Quran are not from the Prophet. there are also many things in the Qur'an that are in the future not to the Prophet Muhammad and some of them are uh, are clearly stated in the future tense so the Qur'an is valid for all times okay, shall we move on to Surah 73 please Surah 73
1: God, most gracious, most merciful. O you cloaked one, meditate during the night, except rarely, half of it or a little less or a little more, and read the Quran from cover to cover. We will give you a heavy message. The meditation at night is more effective and more righteous. You have a lot of time during the day for other matters. You shall commemorate the name of your Lord to come ever closer and closer to him. Lord of the East and the West, there is no other God beside him. You should choose him as your advocate and remain steadfast in the face of their utterances and disregard them in a nice manner. And let me deal with the rejectors who have been generously blessed. Just give them a little time. We have severe punishments and hell, food that can hardly be swallowed, and painful retribution. The day will come when the earth and the mountains will quake and the mountains will turn into a weightless We have sent to you a messenger just as we sent to Pharaoh a messenger. Pharaoh disobeyed the messenger and consequently we punished him severely. If you disbelieve, how can you evade a day so terrible that it makes the infants gray-haired? The heaven will shatter therefrom. His promise is true. This is a reminder, whoever wills, let him choose the path to his Lord. Your Lord knows that you meditate during two-thirds of the night, or half of it, or one-third of it, and so do some of those who believed with you. God has designed the night and the day, and He knows that you cannot always do this. He has pardoned you. Instead, you shall read what you can of the Qur'an. He knows that some of you may be ill, others may be traveling in pursuit of God's provisions, and others may be striving in the cause of God. You shall read what you can of it, and observe the content prayers, Give the obligatory charity and lend God a loan of righteousness. Whatever good you send ahead on behalf of your souls, you will find it in God far better and generously rewarded. And implore God for forgiveness. God is forgiven, most merciful. The name of the surah, cloak. A cloak or a cover can be a protection for us against weather, inclement weather for instance or it can be a barrier or a veil something that blinds us or deafens us um and keeping that in mind looking at verses one through seven the night was designed for our rest there are no distractions during the night for most of us certainly not during like there are during the day when the world seems to wake up and and pick up speed and Get itself up to three hundred miles an hour before the sun sets. Uh, this is a special time with Allah for us. Uh, it is a time when we our own bodies and our own minds are winding down and there's a space and peace about
0: our lives. Who is it reading? It's just
4: it's reading it oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Take
0: the book away. <laughs>
1: And God is telling us that, that, that here that any time that we spend reading the Qur'an and meditating is for our own good here. God doesn't need for us to do this. God is in no need at all. And He's giving us an opportunity, guiding us to take advantage of an opportunity during our busy days in our lives to spend time with Him. In verse eight, the reason for for the guide, the hint, the provision of day for work and night for rest, for example, is God consciousness is a twenty four hour at twenty-four hours a day is our goal. Commemorating the name of our our God twenty-four hours a day, every minute, so that every cell in our body, every thought in our mind is preceded by Allah. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah every chance we get out loud no matter where we are what i have found to be amazing about that is uh, when that became a habit of mine and i'm not quite sure when that was sometimes someone will ask me what i'm saying but i can't tell you how rare that is very few people ask me what it is i'm saying very few people are interested Uh, i write Uh, bismillah on on my checks, all of them. On on a lot of the things that I can remember. God, 24 hours a day, no matter what we do, no matter when we do it. Verse 9, you should choose him as advocate. There is no other God beside him. No one and no thing does anything, and if we don't know that, then we do not know God. If we do not know that God is doing everything, and therefore, logically and rationally, the only one to call upon for any help, for any provision, for any understanding, for any guidance, for any relief is God alone. We've gone astray somewhere, and we may never get back if we don't strive to understand that God does everything. Not to be confused with, uh, again, uh, the hoodwink about putting your finger in the fire. And I'm heard that hutba, and I went back to two years ago, in 1987. I happened to be away, and I asked Rashad to please take the, the uh, hutba that time, and he happened to give it. It is a marvelous hutba, but it is there that I first heard Rashad talk about putting your finger in the fire, and how the fire was created for us to be in our service. We could use it to cook, um, I think the phrase was, a delicious raw steak to a, to a fine meal, or we could put our finger in it and burn burn ourselves. God created both, all, the fire, the food, and, and our nerve system, but it was our free will that uh, would determine how we used it and what path, if we can use that as a metaphor, we would then choose to be on. We have to know that God is doing everything. We have to know that if we need anything, asking anyone for anything, whatever comes to us from anyone, bad, good, or indifferent, comes from God, and is our own good. Their reminders, their tests, their provisions, whatever it is. A comment you don't want to hear, a criticism you don't want to hear, comes from God. God is is correcting you, asking you to think, maybe not to correct yourself based on the criticism you heard, but to rethink what it is you're doing, to remind you that God is doing everything. Verse 10, Remain steadfast in the face of their utterances and disregard them in a nice manner. God is saying if we know that God is doing everything, we're not to falter in that belief ever, no matter what we hear, but we're also not to judge others. We have no way of knowing who's going to make it and who's not. We don't know that that something we say is going to be the turning point for someone else down the road. And we need to be consistently steadfast with our beliefs, but we're consistently admonished as to how to treat other people. We are not to judge them, we are not to treat them nastily, we are not to to force them, we are not to be angry. And again, I go back two years ago to that clip, which was amazing because Rashad stood here and he said, and I'm talking to you, and he named every one of us sitting here, including himself, and said, if we get angry at anybody for anything, we're challenging God, we're objecting to God. It's so simple now, I can't tell you how often I I read that riding down the road the other day with my son who just has his license. Just. Um, someone cut him, you know how people drive in Tucson, uh, someone just cut right in front of him with inches in despair and he yelled at them in our car. He yelled at them. He stupid. He was very angry, gripping the wheel, trying to maintain control. And I said, God did that. <laughs> you shouldn't be yelling at that person. Well, that person was stupid and he We've been working on this now for two days, that incident. He said, now we've got him coming around to say, well, I wasn't really objecting to God. I was just blowing off steam. that you were objecting to God. And you need to think about that when you get angry. And this is true about the people that that we meet who reject what we have to say or reject how we choose to live our lives based on what God has told us. We're not to aggress against them with our minds, with society with words, with behavior. We're to remain steadfast with our own beliefs. Do you have a question here? Yes? Yeah?
0: You no, nobody hit me it. No. I mean, why? I'm, I'm,
2: I'm not just
0: uh, supposed really to just No, you have to go ahead of that, find out why, why, uh, what provoked this person, I guess. You have to find out what you did to provoke that person. Because you're starting in the middle of the story, see. Somebody can pass me in the face, right? This is the middle of the story. This the end of it. We have to... Huh? But you see, the fist
2: fight
0: is off from something. What is it? I'm not supposed to get in the fist fight to start with. Okay, if somebody punts me in the face, I will not get angry at that person, I will get angry at myself for provoking him. I will, not, I, will, I will ask, how did this, how did this happen? Find out, what did I do to make him so angry? You know, sin in Islam is, if you annoy anybody, if you hurt anybody, you committed a sin, so obviously you made that person so, you hurt him somehow, that he came and passed you in the face. you committed a sin and you paid for it so you should be objecting you should not be objecting to what happened you understand? yes? it's good for both parties, uh, okay, how will he aggravate you and annoy you? You would say, I don't like you because you're Iranian, for example Okay, say, somebody says, I don't like you because you're a, you're a Khomeini man. <coughs> if somebody says, I don't like you because you're a Khomeini man, okay, then you know that he's a stupid person. So he's, he's passing judgment on you. It would be like you're walking in the street and a dog park with you. What can you do? <laughs> no, it isn't. You uh, Just uh, don't pay attention. That person to say, You don't get into a fight because
1: of that. But you also mentioned aggression against your family and protection of, of yourself and your family. That That's a different issue. You have the right, and God tells us what we do, to
0: protect ourselves and our family.
1: We do not have the right to aggress first. We have the right to protect ourselves.
0: Yeah, Surah 2 says you stand up for your rights. <laughs> no, it's better not to get to that stage where, uh, where he swings at you. I would ignore them. Text actually it takes more strength. It takes more strength to uh, not to submit to and I'm thinking uh, slowly because uh, Sammy got in a situation like this, and uh, if I were in Sammy's place, uh, here I'm plucking at this. I would have watched the guy in the test, but he was, he was, uh, he was uh, stronger than, uh, he did the right thing. I forget what was it. You, you the, got arrested yeah. That
2: was
0: Buffalo the other day, somebody was insulting oh, okay. him
3: or
0: something.
3: That's an old one. <laughs> I, I don't remember the specifics, but
0: uh, controlling yourself is a lot. I, I would, Ignore those
3: people.
0: <clears throat> you should not get in any fist fights like that. Just ignore them. It, ta- it, it takes more strength to restrain yourself than to be provoked into a fist fight or any of those silly things. You'll be a bigger man if you walk away and ignore them. Yes. Yes. The Quran says you have the right to stand up for your right. If he punches you in the face and you punch him back, this is your right. But, uh, but God tells you it is better, and you'll be stronger if you can restrain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Self-defense is always justified. Yeah.
3: Yes. I, I grew up in
0: a highly aggressive environment. Uh, my parents. You've been a tough
2: neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> boy. Tough neighborhood. My parents told me. That fighting is wrong, but a lot of kids I went to school with, that was their way of life. I remember mean, one of the first times, maybe not the first that I got into a fight, one of the kids wanted to jump on me and hit me, and I was trying to explain to them that this wasn't what they were children do. <laughs> <laughs> Before I completed the
3: sentence, I was down on
2: the college. <laughs> so I went back to my parents and said, it doesn't work the way you think it. but you got to do both. And I think the same thing holds true <laughs> in any kind of aggression. Sometimes people will do things
0: to you and you just simply have to defend yourself, defend yourself and your integrity as a human being in the name of Allah. You know, some, some people out here do like to intimidate us exclusively in another way. Do you understand it takes more strength to really resist getting brought into a fight? I mean... signed by a brand. <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> I, I want to say, this, if you are with God, nothing will happen
4: to you. You're going to be a
0: winner. When you are a person of God, you'll be a winner all the time. Don't worry. We're giving this position of power. But
4: sometimes, yes. like, like you said, it's, it's harder to engage because it's a natural thing. I grew up there. Natural thing. If you walk by and you know, it looks at you wrong and then you get <laughs> shot. You know, I mean, it's a natural reaction. You know, that was hard to. I don't know,
2: it just sort of Maybe you know, Catherine you. Maybe Catherine. Sorry,
0: wait a second now. Why didn't it be a, I think it Maybe mind. Catherine should have used you know, the word right? uh, sadness or uh, uh, disappointment rather than anger don't, uh, you don't become sad and depressed. That's objection. Happiness is devotion to God. Happiness is submission to God. The opposite of of that is objection. If you are sad, you're objective to what God is doing. So maybe anger is not the correct word. Yes, exactly because they mean all right, Suppressors of Anger one of the characteristics of a believer is Suppressor of Anger it's thus you understand life, when you read the Qur'an and you read God's message you understand what life is all about, and you know that it is not worth it to uh, get in a fist fight to be angry because of what somebody said especially that, uh, if it is something stupid You definitely have to defend yourself, but if you can avoid if you can forgive and forget to be much stronger. Back to Catherine. We can finish Let's this. We'll on. Can I make a comment also on the first few verses? Excuse me, I'll take it back. Two more minutes. I want you to understand what the night is. The Qur'anic night begins at sunset. So when it says, meditate during the night, except really half of it or a little less, you're commemorating God when you pray the sunset, when you pray the night, when you uh, mention the name of God before you sleep when you get up for the dawn prayer you already covered half the night, right there because the night begins at 7 o'clock at sunset right now, for example you pay the night at uh, 9 o'clock you get up at uh, 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock for the dawn prayer, 5 o'clock so from 9 to 5, you already covered a good portion of the night the Quranic night, the Torah night, and the, all the scriptures, night begins at sunset, and the, the day begins at sunrise. So, it's roughly twelve hours of the night. What this is telling you is you must never, you must never uh, miss the dawn prayer, the Fajr prayer. I'm always surprised when I visit many places and find that half the people, or more than half, are not doing the dawn prayer. You're not being fair to yourself. You see, we were swept in the crowd when we were in the heavenly society. You don't want to be swept in the crowd again here. You don't want to repeat the same mistake. The people are so oblivious to God that uh, when we do a little bit, we think we're doing a lot. Because compared to them, if you do one prayer a day, you're doing a lot. But don't be swept in the crowd and don't measure Uh, what you're doing by what uh, what is happening in the world the world that's just totally oblivious to God and this makes you think that you've uh, stepped up and you're doing a lot that will be my football next week that don't be swept in the crowd inshallah next week (laughs) inshallah yes Worship. Yes, anything is forgivable, murder is forgivable. Stealing, lying, cheating, all these things are forgivable. But idol worship is not, if the person dies, then an idol worship. Yes, you can clean your record any minute by repenting. Repentance cleans you slain completely, as if you're a newborn baby. Uh, yes. No, to you, to Master Shird. Yeah. Again, that's a famous mistake. Yes, but it is really uh, Oh you, Master Shulti, Meditate during the night, except really. when
2: you're
0: when you're covered up with your blanket, you you're clogged. come a long way towards that, but uh, I would recommend reading the Qur'an every night and uh, every fashion. No, no, but you're covering covering that period. You see, the prayer is not just the time that you're doing the prayer. The times of anticipation is is also a commemoration of God. You look at the clock and you say, we're going to pray the night in ten minutes. Right. Absolutely, yes. 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 Just, this is why the Five Prayers are so important. It's not just a few minutes. It's not just a few minutes that uh, you do. Okay, back to verse 20. Verse 20? Oh, excuse me, go ahead. Would Whatever we, you
1: we are. Verse, verse 11, Let me deal with the rejectors who have been generously blessed. Just give them a little time. We have severe punishments in hell, food that can hardly be swallowed. It's um, give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves is what comes to mind. They will either pass or the rejectors will either pass or fail their tests that God gives them, knowing that God gives them as many chances to pass as He gives every other person. God knows who will pass and who will not. He is the perfect designer. We need to worry for our own selves, and this is related to the verse, verse ten, and how to treat other people. Let God take care of those who reject the message. On 14, the day will come when the earth and the mountains will quake and the mountains will turn into a weightless pile. There are other mentions and descriptions of the day of resurrection, of the day of judgment, when the earth will uh, change its appearance. The earth and mountains are considered, to be perceived by our senses, to be the most solid of all things and so this is a really good metaphor one thinks about just the one sentence that god is telling us what's going to happen the inside of the earth is molten lava there's nothing solid at all about it um recently i've had uh an illness too which has made the solid earth the solid world that we touch smell feel each day of our lives it's distorted that and and you erased the illusion of this world. And it's been quite an interesting experience because you feel free-floating. And that's the only way I can think of to describe it. It uh, it can be frightening at the same time. I imagine it's something like what the astronauts feel in space, only that's planned and there is some way to connect to something. Um, I think...
0: Maybe the soul is growing too fast.
1: I hope so. (laughs) I desperately hope so. In any
0: People
1: case, <laughs> it, <laughs> not so you'd notice. Um, in any case, this is a really good metaphor for um, what will happen. Those thi- and for the for the reminder that this birth is an illusion, this life is temporary play, and it's all set up just because God is so merciful as to give us another chance when well, we blew it the first time, and we did blow it the first time. There was no maybe about it. Um. We sent you a messenger we sent pharaoh a messenger you disobeyed we punished him severely if you disbelieve how do you expect to evade a day so terrible it makes the infants gray-haired i don't know the name of the illness but there is a uh, a rare illness and i think rabbi kushner's son had this illness i just don't know the medical name for it where children age infants age and die (coughs) of old age when they are still young children it's a very rare illness. I don't know if it existed when the Quran was was revealed. However, this is also a good metaphor for how our lives are going to appear to us on the day of resurrection as if we lived one hour, one minute.
0: It, but this is, a, isn't this a, even uh, in English, they say uh, you're skirting my you white? Right.
1: Absolutely. Yes. That
0: happened?
3: What happens? Did your hair- <laughs>
0: It's just, uh, I think it's just a. How
1: fast. The reality is that this happens, but it's also a metaphor for the brevity of our life. The heaven will shatter therefrom, his promise is true. The guarantee is always there, it's built in. This is a reminder whoever wills, let him choose the path to his Lord. The human being has complete freedom. This is the human affliction, and it's the human blessing and the hope of redemption. If we choose Allah alone, God will be with us always. If we don't, and the tendency of the human being is not to, the tendency is to worship ourselves That's the last bastion. When we think we've dealt with money, children, wealth, status, power, fame, we get back to ourselves. so it's a constant balancing act if you choose a law alone as narrow as the path may seem you won't fall from it and again i remember uh, someone saying to me "Fool me once shame on shame on you fool me twice shame on me this is my second time around and it will be shame on me if i don't get it right this time um verse 20. Your Lord knows that you meditate two-thirds of the night or half of it. He knows that you cannot always do this, and he has pardoned you. Uh, God made us. He knows what our limitations are. He knows we have to sleep some time, and that we can't stay up all of the night long, reading Quran and meditating all nights through all of our lives. And so Mercifully provides for us, and says, you shall read what you can, and allows for illness, and allows for traveling, and allows for the vicissitudes of this life, Constantly reminding us that we need to be cognizant of God 24 hours a day There's a verse here uh, part of the verse you shall read what you can of it and observe the contact prayer The way the contact prayer is spoken of in in Quran uh, Is It's spoken of as though everyone who reads knows of it because everyone does by the time the Quran was, was revealed Salat was a common practice Albeit wrong a common practice um, and this is why we don't find a description of Salat in by detail in Quran. Um, Give the obligatory charity and lend God a loan of righteousness. Whatever good you send ahead on behalf of your soul, you will find it in God far better and generously rewarded. This is the PRA that Rashad talked about. <laughs> uh, and it's a wonderful, uh, reality-based, simple way to understand what it is we do post-retirement accounts, we get 10 for one here, folks, guaranteed, 10 for one, we don't have to do much for that, a a loan of righteousness, God alone, and our souls do grow, and they do expand, and we even have no idea how big they are. When Rashad gives us numbers, like $10 parking tickets, because you don't say Milan" first thing in the morning, that's real. That's that's not a joke. I mean, we laugh because it relates to all of us, and we've all been caught one way or the other. But it's it's the truth. Um. So again, twenty-four hour God consciousness being the goal and righteousness and living according to the Quran's instructions. God willing, we won't have too many parking tickets. Um, That's. God for forgiveness. God is forgiver and most merciful. Every day, five times a day, we say that God hears those who call upon him. There's no condition in that statement. There is no condition if you call upon him when you're wearing a blue dress and it's five minutes the after noon. There's no condition. God hears those who call upon him alone. That's unconditional. This is the most merciful God who is always there for us. All we have to do
0: I need to stop. Is there any oh. um <laughs> God bless you? Good. Excellent job, mashaAllah. Marsha, what do you have? <coughs> This has to do with missing the Fajr prayer once in a long while. God says you cannot do it all the time. Maybe once a month you'll miss Fajr. But really this is a minimum, the five prayers, including the dawn prayer. It is very important for you to do the dawn prayer. You must set the alarm and and get up. Right now you must do it before 5.15 in the morning. There are many dropouts because the day gets longer and longer, and you don't want to be a dropout. 5.15, before 5.15. This means uh, you're tired, you're very tired, and you cannot, uh, you didn't get up for the first day, because you're tired. You're doing extra effort. Yes, you're traveling, or uh, your time is mixed up. You travel from New York, uh, you leave there at uh, 12, midnight, and you come here, and the dawn is uh, two o'clock New York time. So, this is two hours of sleep. Most, most probably you will miss bedroom that day. No, no, it's saying business. You're doing your business. You may be tired because of business, because of something you have done. You're digging ditches all day and until three o'clock in the morning. Chances are you're going to sleep through the Fajr that night. Travelling in pursuit of God's provisions meaning business, you're doing business. I think we have to stop. Our teacher next week will be Dr. Sabahi, so we can see what the Farsi uh, translation is saying.
3: Starting at...
0: uh, You can sit by your dad, Amir, and give him a few pieces of information. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dr. Sabahi will take Surah 74, 75, 76. So keep your, uh, your your new translation, don't forget it. We have to read uh, a lot of Al-Fatiha for birthdays. Today, Lydia, Annie, Douglas, who's the fourth one? Lydia. Huh? Amir?
1: <laughs>
0: See, I forgot Amir. How can I forget Amir? Well, Amir is the most important person in this room. We have to Why? You you tell us why. <laughs> How can I forget Amir? Okay. Amir and Hani and Douglas and Lydia who gonna reset al fatih had to give him a great year coming up and a greater year every year after that. It is a characteristic of the believers that things only get better. Things get better for the believers. Every day is better than the previous one. Also, when in Al-Fatihah, Mahvash may be going to Iran soon, and we wish her uh, success, and uh, have her, God will give her a good trip, insha'Allah. God never turns us down when we read al fatiha And Catherine mentioned uh, the illness that makes her uh, high.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we want to uh, lead with God and yakana, yakana, worship you alone and ask Him to make her healthy. And each one of you, your dearest wish, we want you to uh, ask God for it also. God loves it when you pray to Him. And before we read Al-Fatiha, I want to remind you that I just finished the appendix entitled Virginity. And it begins by saying, The sons and daughters of the believers are taught persistently and for their own happiness, that they must keep themselves for their spouses, the people who would be married to them. So I'm urging all the parents to take a copy of that, it's only one page, take it and show it to your children. Because it may be an embarrassing subject to you, but it is a very important subject. And it is never too early, never too late, to so ask for that page and uh, take it and read it with your children. And after all Al Fatiha that we requested, we're going to turn to God and recite Al Fatiha. Bismillah, Rahman, al Rahim. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil, Alameen. Al Rahman, Rahim. Maliki, Yombil, Di. Yak and Abu, Yak and Asai. Idina, Al Mustaqeen. Sirat, Al Ladina, and alayhim, Araim. Ray, Alayhim Mardu, Araim. Walat, Dali. Before we close, I want to remind you of just a couple of verses in Surah 54 that says, God is the one who makes you happy control your happiness or miserable God doesn't make you miserable we make ourselves miserable but God controls our happiness and our misery in Arabic he makes you laugh or cry he's the one who controls your wealth he's the one who makes you rich or poor so you remember that God is the one who controls your happiness and joy and god doesn't controls your wealth which means, if you follow God's law, you're guaranteed perfect life, perfect happiness. Congratulations. God bless you.